Two Daydream Believers. I am your host, Base Urban 18, and today we are doing the beloved Silly Love Songs. I have with me um, Black John Lennon, Sleep Deprived Mine, and C. Kerouac. Hi! Hi! Hello! Alright, talking about Silly Love Songs. Yes! <laughs> Not that I'm excited about this episode or anything. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Spoiler uh, alert for anyone paying attention to my episode ranking, but this one, you're not going to see it for a while because it's very, very close to the top. Is it two? <laughs> is it number two? Is it you two? only know that because you know what number one is. I don't know what number one is. Because <laughs> we've already done that podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I just took a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. We all love it. Oh. Yes. You know, and I will say, I'm going to get eggs thrown at me for this. I love the claim part of this. I'm not a huge fan of the rest of the episode. Oops. I mean, there's... I think that it has its moments, but... Like, I mean, I, I love me some Lauren Zeises. Um, yeah. But the rest of it, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know... It's good. Yeah. I don't have negative feelings about it compared to some episodes. But I'm the claim be... part of it is, is delightful. Well, and I'm I... going to be that contrary voice and say that I love every single minute of this episode. That's good. We need people to disagree on this. We're all love fest all the time. Yeah, I take that back. <laughs> Not every single minute because I hate firework in general as a song. See, I like firework. Oh, well, that's okay. We can still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> but every other, everything other than that. You know what I think it is, though? I think that I've just seen it so many times that I'm kind of like... I'm not invested in all the other plot lines, so I just have a tendency mm-hmm. to want to just get through it, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I will say that this is one of the few episodes that I really enjoy the Santana part. I'm not a huge yeah. Santana fan, but her part in this, and I, I feel like she was hilariously manipulative instead of just cruel manipulative, and I love that. Is this the episode, I, though, where Rachel tells her that she'll be working on a poll? It is. Yes, it is. I fell in love with Santana in this episode. She is the MVP of this episode for me. Like, Maya just owned every single thing that she did. And so it kind of bums me out 
because I like I remember think, watching this episode and thinking that girl is gonna be so freaking huge mm. when the show is over. And now she kind of looks like Kim Kardashian, and really? I think she blogs about her baby. <laughs> I'm just like, like, why? <laughs> you should have like your own sitcom or something. Like, mm. you know, that's just she's so hilarious. Her comedic timing is ridiculous. So I just kind of feel like, oh man, what are you doing? Mm. Who's who's? Yeah. They that for be, you. be funnier more than in the times where she was just me. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about um, this opening um, lima bean scene and Kurt and Blaine standing all amidst all of these puppy love decorations here. Oh, Blaine. Okay. Oh, Blaine. <laughs> well, I love Mock for this. See, and I'm like, I'm Miss Kurt, who is usually Mr. Romantic, and he's like, he can't, he doesn't, he's not even here for the, the, the puppy love stuff. He's like, no, I can't do it this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kurt was me in high school. I was like this. <laughs> and I just imagine Kurt just in general, because I don't know if this happened at you, when you guys were in high school, but you'd be like sitting in like math class and then there'd be that girl whose boyfriend would like interrupt class to bring her a gigantic bouquet and like balloons and flowers. And I'm just huh. like, um, I'm learning. Okay, that wasn't allowed in my high school. Yeah, we didn't really have very many uh, couples in my high school, which is kind of weird, but... And it was a performing arts high school. So sometimes there was a barbershop quartet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, I was doing a handigram. You know, what a wasted opportunity that this high school show did not do singing Valentine's whatever. Okay. Well, they did in season three. They did? They did? Did I miss I that? Know. Oh, they did because it was the God Squad. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oops. But uh. they didn't interrupt class because they got shoes thrown at the, <laughs> the last time they interrupted class. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes I need my glee card redacted for stuff like that. <laughs> there's just there's a lot of glee to remember. I mean, and very few things made logical sense following one after the other. So it's understandable if there were some things that escaped. Yeah. And I'm just going to come up and say it. I can't remember anything useful <laughs> in life. But I did write almost all of that list for my ranking mm. by memory. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. But goodness. I can't remember anything that is useful or could get me, like, paid more. <laughs> so, so, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, yep, here we go. And. Blaine is, oh, Blaine, Mr. I'm all here for this Valentine's Day and completely oblivious that, you know. it. And plus, he's supposed to be 15 right now, right? That's true. He doesn't look 15 in the scene. He's the most square-jawed sophomore I have ever seen in my life. I have notes about Blaine being 15 in this. I will get to the scene where where it just screams it to me. Because looking back, I was like, yeah. That kid's not about to graduate high school. That kid. Yeah. But I also get the feeling that Blaine doesn't really cover holidays, really. Mm-mm. But I also get the feeling that Blaine is like that about every single freaking holiday. Like, it's Arbor Day. And he's like, yes, let's tie a ribbon around the tree. Like, every single holiday, Blaine is like, 
there for it. Yeah. You know? He's one of those people that celebrate, you know, National Ice Cream Sandwich Day <laughs> and National Hug Your Cat Day <laughs> exactly. and National Hug Your Best Friend's Cat Day. I mean, he's the type of person who... He subscribes oh, yeah. hard for National Siblings Day. Like, he has a calendar. He just oh. likes holidays. I you know what he probably it. does? He probably makes... So if anybody else watches Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. lesbians yes. would make calendars for yes. him. And then and they'd have yes. a calendar day. I kind of um, feel like Blaine would make a calendar with all of their holidays, including, you know, Talk Like yeah, a Pirate Day would. and Talk Like a Pittsburgh Pirate Day. <laughs> he would. He definitely would. He... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. in the Glee, Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec AU in my mind, Blaine is Leslie Nope, so yes, <laughs> well, he does course. that. Of he totally does that. That's so And funny. Sam is Anne. And without a doubt, we're already 15 minutes in and already doing fanfic recs. I love this. <laughs> right, he's just like, Sam, you beautiful, beautiful person. You, you beautiful angel person. <laughs> Sam, I understand that you can't be funny because you're too pretty and you've never had to compensate for anything. Exactly. Yeah, oh my god. Sam is the perfect Anne. <laughs> but anyway. And we're Donna, the end. <laughs> of course. Of course. What are you doing? I'm live tweeting this dumbass conversation. <laughs> Clayne is so fail. I mean, <sighs> like, your point is getting his coffee and getting, like, paying for it and knowing the order. And they do this, like, every day. And, of course, Kurt's going to, like, well, yeah. And and yeah. a change of tune when, when Blaine's like, I think I want to do something special. And Kurt's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I have a new favorite holiday. I mean, of course, how could he not fall in love with this adorable goober? I mean, he's, like, giving him the eye flirt as he's like, I'm going to pay for your coffee. I'm like, oh. I can't believe that we're we're just gals being pals. (laughs) Because that's basically what they are. Uh And I love it. And I wonder how uh, many of Blaine's friends, well, we already know how many of Blaine's friends have just completely been convinced that he's in love with them because that's just, I mean, look at Tina. Oh, yeah. She's just like, oh, yeah. Fence. That's a good point. I I'm sure I've written about it several times where people are just like, like I think I wrote one where writer was just like, what had like a dream, and Tina's like, no, everyone's in love with Blaine. Even <laughs> deep likes some sultry eye glance. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm certain that teachers think that they're in love with him. The barista thinks that he's in love with him. I think that's why. I think that's why. Cops. I think that's why Mr. Shu hates him so much. Like, damn you, charming little bastard. Everyone loves you. I hate you. Exactly. I was supposed to be the hot teacher that everybody would fall for, but no. No, I can't touch you because I'm an adult. (laughs) (laughs) And instead, you've got this eye-flirting little goober in his prep school blazer and his medium drip. You know what I I really know this about Blaine, and I can't... uh, I don't know why I focused in on this, particularly when you asked it this time, but I guess it's the perspective of the... um, the, the bigger picture is that I focused on this episode, I kept, kept focusing on his hairstyle because that's when he still had his, Blaine had his wavy hair and oh, it yeah. wasn't, wasn't mm-hmm. all in the gel button and stuff. My sister said the same thing last night when we were watching it. She was like, really? wow, Blaine's hair has so much more texture to it. I, yeah. I'm going to throw <laughs> this really out. Does. I, they're, they're both so gorgeous in this episode. 
Like this first yes. scene. I just want to yes. like unmute it and just look at them. They're so pretty. <laughs> you know, fandom kind of discusses like they're like I'm gonna go out on the line. I think everyone who follows me knows this, but like for me, I think it's probably the age difference. I just I don't see Chris Colfer as being like sexy or hot. It makes me feel strange. But oh yeah, not I not here. This episode being a moment, being like, oh my god, like yeah, he's oh he's all grown up. He's so handsome. Mm-hmm. See, I was saying, it's like, oh, look, you've developed a jawline. <laughs> you know, that part, too. Yeah. And, but I have to say, um, my notes for these, when I did my, I did this, a meta for this, like, a year ago, and they're cracking me up. Like, here's my line for the, the end of the scene. Uh, Kurt has a new favorite holiday. He tells the non-caring barista, who in many fanfic knew that these would hook up, these two would hook up eventually. <laughs> yes. And I read so many of them. And part of me was, like, really enthralled by them, but the part of me were like, no, I worked retail for 18 years. Yeah. She wouldn't care. I would just remember them, and they'd probably be, like, customers that I remembered, but I wouldn't be, like, super engaged with their, you know, with their relationship. I'd just be like, oh, it's those two. I like when they come in, but I, but I still read every single one of them, like, yeah. I could see that. <laughs> see, and I would have been like, oh, yeah, there are a couple. I would have not even, like, I mean, because they're just acting like it so much here. So, uh. anyway, so um, the next scene we have opens with Kurt drawing his little uh, plaintless cart uh, uh. thing in his notebook. And, like, <laughs> this cracks, I don't know why. Like, he's sitting, he probably is sitting there daydreaming about weekend outfits because he doesn't. The weekend outfits he'll wear with Blaine when Blaine asks him out. Yep. <laughs> well, in matching weekend outfits, he's probably coordinated <laughs> with what he's going to assume that Blaine's going to wear as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because even if we've never seen Blaine outside of his uniform at that point, I assume Kurt has. Oh, yeah. I like to think so. Because I think that if Kurt had seen him outside of. Dalton and he dressed like a slob. The crush wouldn't have left after the slob. Probably not. The dapper does well, go along with. He would have taken it as a chance to fix him. <laughs> yeah, because I know me, I'd be like, "Oh, he's really hot," and then I see him like outside of work, and they're like, "Oh, but he's wearing sandals." <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like if he had done that, Kurt would have taken the challenge as we have the parts we can rebuild. Him, yeah, I mean, so like look at it, look, <laughs> look at his crush with Finn. I mean, he 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 liked Finn right? despite all of those flaws. So I'm sure he would blame dressing nicely is just an added bonus. <laughs> I like Finn's puppy vest. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could judge it, but I kind of own a vest that looks very similar to it <laughs> that I love. So. I've seen that, but it doesn't get cold enough here. Yeah. So yeah, one one has to assume that he is a uh, a a dapper casual dresser as well. And Mm -hmm. Kurt probably has pages in that notebook of sketched outfits and doodles of (laughs) Blaine plus Kurt in various hearts and shapes. (laughs) Kurt Anderson. Kurt Elizabeth Anderson, Kurt Elizabeth Anderson Hummel, Kurt Elizabeth Hummel Anderson. I'm sure there was a plenty of Blaine Hummels Blaine too. Hummel, I mean, Blaine Hummel. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Probably pages of trying to guess what the middle name is. I'm like, I wonder what sounds good with his name. <laughs> like it's well, if he can, if he can finagle himself into a picture of him the day he met Kurt, knows that middle name already. <laughs> That's very we true. Looked in the nice. He's looked in someone's yearbook. 
he's caught a glance of the ID. We'll see. Blaine, now I want to think of him like rifling through all of Blaine's goods to figure that out. (laughs) Like stealing his wallet to try and find his ID or like trying to go through. Uh, one of the other Warblers yearbooks from the previous. T- yeah, I kind of want that. Now. At the same time, Blaine will just give it to him too. I, I'm sorry, I just yeah. I feel like Kurt be like, oh, can I just see a Warbler, you know, yearbook? Oh, sure, Kurt. Let me tell you all about my previous <laughs> life. You just been so oblivious. I mean, you just want to say, okay, yeah. you just oh boy, yeah. <laughs> And kind of going about um, back to what we said earlier about um, everybody just kind of falling in love with Blaine. I mean, look, here he's like, come on, Kurt, we have to do this thing in the Warbler meeting. And he gets up and he, like, touches him and, you know, like, drags him by the shoulders. But Kurt, who's not used to being touched like that, is like, oh, wait a minute, this boy yeah. is touching well, me. That's a that's a platonic shoulder draping. I mean, <laughs> I know that all of... I, I'm draped over all of my friends as well. <laughs> I try, but they really don't like it. <laughs> See, I am I am the Blaine of my friend group, and my sister, my best friend, are the least touchy feely people in the world. So they hate it. Oh yeah, I would hate it. I'd be like, get your hands off me. Um, my sister's literally like, I'll be like, sister. She's like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Blaine does that with everybody, but Kurt. I mean, just even in his face here, he's like, oh look, he's touching me. Yay! He's yeah. got the hard eyes. Yep, he did. You could you could see it from down the hall. I mean, you oh, really? yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, you could see it from Mars. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, all of those could see it. All those stories are like the Warblers are like taking bets on. When I would have a betting hand. I would have just been like, "What's going on?" Like I, mean, I would have been that person. Like, like when are you guys? like seriously what's going on here which room which scenario which weapon I mean they really could come up with all sorts of combinations for how they would finally do it yeah yeah um, okay, so then we get into one of my favorite Warbler meetings ever and I love um, my notes yes. on this and mm-hmm. <laughs> like and Blaine announces that he's in love, and Blaine, and my notes are like, Blaine's in love. This has been a good meeting, everybody. Because <laughs> they're all like, at first they're so like, oh, why are we here? And then Blaine's like, I'm in love. And everybody's like, yay! <laughs> we have the gossip territory. <laughs> I love everything about Blaine in the scene, first of all. He goes, I'm going to serenade him in song. And I'm like, how is it serenade him? In poetry language. <laughs> wants to suggest singing somewhere else and they just throw a fit and that yeah. the line you mock us sir <laughs> <laughs> they're so taken aback that anybody would suggest 
being it's almost like they they never leave the campus. No, well, they probably because the don't. last time they did that, seven <laughs> warblers got plowed over yeah. by a plane. <laughs> <laughs> they were destroyed by the spirit of St. Louis while they said, Welcome to Ohio, Lucky Lending. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great line. <laughs> and it's the expression that Wes says it with, this like horrible this is, this is something very deep and traumatizing to us that is all imprinted on our DNA. We know this, and everybody's nodding like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> some justice is a betrayal. Spits in the face of everything we know. And just, oh my god, I love it. Well, and I yeah. I, I really love Kurt here. Just his, his wheels are in motion the whole time. He's like, this boy's gonna sing to me. Come on, Warblers, you don't have to get on. And then, like, when they're all objecting, he's totally up. Like, listen to me, guys. We're gonna do this because he's gonna sing to me, but whatever, I'll give you guys some other reason. It's <laughs> and the fact that he can't sit still throughout the entire thing. He is so excited about yeah. the possibility that he's gonna get serenaded by this adorable boy that he has such a crush on that he is just <laughs> rocking back and forth. He's like, We are gonna make this happen. You will not ruin this for me. <laughs> It's been a while. It's been a while like, that Kurt's been, you know, devious and 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 I I don't discount the fact that he probably does want to sing other places. I mean, there is some honesty and sincereness to it, but no, he's being manipulative. <laughs> and he's smiling. He's happy. We don't mm-hmm. see that enough. I mean, then it's crushed by the realization <clears throat> that. He is not the apple of flame's eye. Well, I, I do have something to say to that first. I, I love when, because first he's like, I want to sing at the Gap. And Kurt's like, oh, the Gap? Okay. I mean, they have clothes there, but okay. Sure, I can make this work. Yeah. It's so funny. My favorite thing, though, is that because everything with Kurt has been so, has been so heavy, even though he gets crushed, the storyline for Kurt continues to be comedic. Yeah. Yes. Instead of automatically sinking into, like, the depths of, like, just horrible and sad, like, yeah. this period of time with Curtis Dalton has been, was more comedic than anything, mm-hmm. and I miss comedic Kurt, because that's the Kurt that I loved, was just when he was silly and funny, and I feel like after a while, like, this period, we get it back, and then I feel like after season two, we don't ever get that back. No, I agree. He never gets. He never really gets to be funny, like ever again. Which is such a shame because Chris Colfer is very good at being funny. He has mm-hmm. wonderful timing. He's a. He's just. He's witty. He's funny. He's got great timing. And the character of Kurt has. He's just silly. Mm. Yes. Well, he didn't we, need to be a, a drama llama for, you know, twenty four seven. I yeah. love lighter bits. Mm. And, and I think this that's why hilarious. And I think that's what kind of made me, like, kind of added to my resentment of Hummelberry because I found Rachel and Kurt to be his hilarious characters a lot of the time. And then we just, ne- they never got season three started, and then we never got that comedy from them yeah. really again. Together they became really serious. Which was really? It was like watching a different show. It was like Not whiplash. nearly as, as enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. As, not at all. <laughs> as, as the lighter, because they're two ridiculous characters, and mm-hmm. let's embrace that. Let's go exactly. With like we can have, obviously, we can have the serious storylines with them, but sometimes it's okay to kind of have some levity 
like my sister and I always talked about um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where sometimes they would have like, yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was a dark show and dark things would happen, and then they follow that up with something really lighthearted, like band candy, where mm-hmm. the candy bar turns all the adults into teenagers. And so sometimes Joss would break up those more serious storylines with something really lighthearted. So you didn't feel like you were just like, oh, this show is like, it's too much. That's why. I kind of forgot that, especially with Kurt and Rachel. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a couple of things, and I don't want to go too far on this tangent because it doesn't really relate to the episode, but like, you know, Guilty Pleasures, that was kind of a a lighthearted episode. Um, But yeah, the tone changes, and um, it is unfortunate. We don't get a lot of silly, happy, smiling Kurt like he is here as much. And he's so cute when he's happy. He's just adorable (laughs) when he's happy and he's smiling. Well, and even when he's, like, kind of crushed, he's still like, oh, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I mean, the side eye that he throws at Blaine throughout the entirety of the gap attack. I mean, he's not happy with any of this. But it's hilarious to watch him. It's like, he is not happy with you. And Blaine has got, is just like no, no steamrolling. He's got his blinders on. Yeah, we're going to do this. This is going to be great. <laughs> he's going to love me and we're going to get married and I'm going to get a discount. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question for you guys. Like, uh-huh. we've basically, up to this point, kind of seen Kurt and Blaine almost inseparable. So where and when did he meet Jeremiah? I mean, this just, <laughs> like, I when? mean, it was probably, like, the small times where Kurt was, uh, you know, hanging out with Finn uh, or with his dad. You know, a couple of very small times, and those were the only, only moments where Blaine was free to uh, have coffee with uh, some guy who would probably be statutory to hang out. <laughs> Clearly, he met him during Bert Carroll's wedding. Oh, oh but sorry, that totally makes sense. Also, like why didn't he tell yeah. Kurt about it? Since they seem to like talk about lots of things. I could just imagine Blaine was like waiting until it was like more official. Did he want to like jump the gun? <laughs> I, I mean, like, uh, there's no answer. I just like throwing these things out there. <laughs> Yeah. I was trying to come up with an answer that wasn't because they never thought of things like that, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's to, but I assume... So, we don't see Blaine at all during Pert, so that's when that ha- that's when all this happened. I like this. I'm going with that. Yeah, during Pert. Just that whole period. Blaine's, like, off. Oh. I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, the movie Help with the Beatles. Oh, no. Yes. And yes. So there's like this whole storyline going on with the Beatles, and then it'll be like, meanwhile at the palace, and it's just this like random scene of uh-huh. something completely like outside of the main storyline happening, just sort of involving it. And so in my head, it's like Blaine is just off having this whole like side romance, or like the Zeppo episode, episode of Buffy, where there's like this whole side storyline happening. So Blaine is just like off falling in love with Jeremiah for this whole week. Where, you know what else I just thought of, though? Where does he go during Christmas that he sings that duet with that girl? Is it the King's Island Christmas? King's Island? Island? Yes. I don't know what thing. Maybe he met Jeremiah there. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe. Because this is right after the, the Christmas Eve and the Sue Sylvester true. Shuffle. And, uh, That's true. Just throwing that out there, too. For... Maybe he met him while he was Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very possible. I really want to get my brother a scarf. There you go. 
Didn't Jeremiah say there's something like that they only hung out together like once or something? Yeah. They got coffee twice. 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 Oh, twice. twice. Okay, yeah. And okay, I can't, so we couldn't do anything more because it would be illegal. <laughs> oh, God. Which was our blaring neon sign right there. Yeah. That and the junior member. Like, the whole time that, like, the junior boy again, they're just saying, who said the Warbler said he was a junior? I was like, no, the Warbler said he was a junior member. Yeah. Which to me screamed underclassmen. Because I feel like as popular as he was in the Warblers, if you were an upperclassman, he would have been on the council. Yeah. Huh. I think you oh. like they were trying to warn us. We just, you know, ignored the sign. That reminds me at the <laughs> end of that, of this scene. Oh, gosh, we're still at the scene. Um, we're still at the scene. <laughs> I'm like, did we end it? No, we didn't. I, I wrote down, um, Kurt doesn't vote for this whole thing, and neither does Wes, who clearly doesn't do outside traditions, nor Thad, who still thinks Blaine is making a mockery of everything. <laughs> I can just imagine Thad being passive-aggressive towards Blaine for, like, the whole rest of that week. <laughs> He's like, we, I did not want to do this. <laughs> and, then you, and then the guy didn't even like you. <laughs> like he made us do this and he didn't even like you. He was wasted all the time. To our, tra- to our traditions and yeah. you didn't even get anything out of it. And he got wasn't fired. even that into you. <laughs> Except a pair of socks <laughs> that he won't even use. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, so um, we move on and we have a sleepover scene where Kurt gets to stay over with Rachel and, and Mercedes. And they get to talk about boys. Uh, <laughs> and Rachel. This is my them. moment where I say that anyone that thought Kurt and Mercedes were no longer friends and suck it. You know, I've not because come across that mentality she's there for yet. A reason. So. Um, it's it's nice. I have not come across that mentality really. So, um, but because Mercedes is magic. <laughs> she is. Yes, she is. Whose house are they I at? I love everything about it. Are they at Rachel's also, house? I love the idea of health not Kurt because if Kurt goes to the comfort food every single day, Kurt goes to his, he has his comfort food. So like when I hear, like when I read the fan and it's like Kurt only eats stuff so organic it still has the dirt on it. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> He's shoving his face full of some sort of sweet. Now, I mean, it's or the hot chocolate or the pizza. Yeah, or pizza, this one. Yeah, I mean he was popcorn. Yep, he, he was, was nervously eating shoving cookies. Face of shoving food in his face that is not <laughs> it's not healthy, and, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that is not a uh, cauliflower crust pizza. <laughs> no, that no. that is like a that looks like a frozen pizza. Yeah, he's walking the DiGiorno's back there. It, or, it, I'm sorry, Kroger. It does whatever he got over there. It does change a little bit after Bash, but I mean, it, uh, no, I mean, yeah, he's totally chowing yeah, down. That was on, purely yeah. a reaction to the trauma, right? Anything, right? Know, because you know, we, when Rachel's waiting for that phone call about Funny Girl, and he's like shoveling cookies <laughs> in his mouth out of nerves for her. <laughs> I'm trying to think if he's stress eats in season six, and I'm not coming up with anything, so. But I don't think so. But I don't think there's any really eating scenes in season six. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't recall seeing any eating scenes. Yeah. So the anyway, eating scenes always stick out to me for some reason because I just find little character beats in them that crack me up, like Blaine cutting his salad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Rachel, Rachel's disappearing, reappearing veganism. <laughs> well. 
I think a wonderful scene would be to have Kurt and Blaine eating pizza and see how differently they eat it. (laughs) Kurt probably dumps ranch dressing all over his and then just, like, kind of devours it while Blaine cuts his into, like, pieces. So he doesn't get, like, Into small, equal pieces. He blots it with a napkin to kind of get some of the, like, oil. (laughs) (laughs) And then cuts it. The only thing he tops it with (laughs) is oregano. Yeah, no parmesan, no red pepper flakes. In my head, of Kurt, like, chowing down on this pizza, like, passive-aggressively passing judgment as Blaine cuts up his pizza. (laughs) Like, we (laughs) eat the damn pizza. (laughs) Come on, Blaine. Anyway. Anyway. We're on food. There was that scene in season five, I think, where, uh, where there, where there, he would eat, or where he and um, Blaine were with Artie and um, Sam, and they were all at this uh, shop in New York uh, eating ice cream or something. Yeah, I know. That, that was after Bash, yeah, though. Yeah. That was after Bash, though, which was kind of a reaction that he that Kurt was going kind of on a health kick after that. Oh, that's, that's yeah. true, yeah. yeah. There was in season five, though, when he's shoveling food in his mouth, what, his end of twerk, where he gets the tattoo, and Rachel's like, uh, you know, you're just sitting here eating all day, and he's like, I changed it by afternoon smoothie. <laughs> uh, and he, I think he was alternating at popcorn and ice cream, because you gotta have salty and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the content of the scene. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I love this scene because I just I really enjoyed. I wish we got more of them as a as a, a trio of friends yeah. instead of like we always got it paired off Hummelberry, Kurt Sadie's, or like Rachel and Mercedes. But I really like the dynamic of the three of them because I really feel like the three of them understand each other really mm. well. Yeah, the writers really failed whenever they would try to have more than two people be friends at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't know why they failed, because the scene is delightful, and it shows that they could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have done more. Absolutely. They did a whole episode about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trio, but it took them until season five to be like, oh, wait a minute, we can put three people <laughs> in one scene. Yes. And they could all be friends, and it. Well, they have to have Sam and Tina make out, though, so maybe not. I love them talking about their idols. And I love their pajamas. Of I course. Yeah. Love because Mercedes has the sock monkey pajamas, which is yes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love when um, they're trying to comfort Kurt about, like, you know, because he made it up all his head and everything. And then Rachel goes on this complete tangent about Finn. And Kurt's just like, what? And just the look on his yeah. face as she keeps talking. It's so funny. <laughs> and Mercedes no is kind of like... That. <laughs> and Mercedes is kind of like, sweetie. This isn't about you. Yeah, it's not but, you. That's what I, but that's the thing that I like about them. Because they kind of balance each other out. Because Mercedes really... Because Kurt and Rachel together can just hit so many extremes that Mercedes can kind of even that out. Because if you think of um, Kurt and Rachel, like at the beginning of season three in the Purple Piano Project, mm-hmm. and, you know, so sometimes together they can be really extreme, and Mercedes is kind of like a mellow voice. So when Rachel starts going on that tangent and Kurt's looking at her crazy, and it, Mercedes just kind of taps her, and it's just kind of like, this is not the time. Right, and I also kind of Take like... 
she's the voice of reason here about, you know, Kurt's feeling upset about the whole thing and Rachel's gone off of lava land and she pulls him back in and then it's like, Hey, you know, we're here. We, we're going to go and be ambitious and chase our dreams and not worry about boys. And she really kind of is the glue that holds them all together. And it's really sweet. And, and yeah. I do wonder though, and I know this is sort of off topic because it's not a Mercedes podcast, but part of me does think that she might be, Kind of putting up a bit of a front. Hmm. Because, you know, in Prom Queen, she's just, like, tired of it. You know? She has no date. She's always been, like, the one that kind of was dateless. And so I wonder if here she's just kind of saying that, you know, like, not maybe not putting up a front, but kind of saying, I'm going to be, like, you know, this is my idol. I'm going to focus on that. And then or she may just, just not have reached like, her point yet. True. You know? She may, That's you know... True. Well, what's that? hope for it now, and... Changed her mind. She rolling her eyes a little bit though at the beginning of the episode. I, I haven't watched the yeah, whole episode. Like when Sue's when Sue wow when she was like, Hey, we're gonna sing about love and uh-huh. she's like, Oh god. <laughs> yeah. But Brittany has some really great quotes in this episode, by the way. Yeah. Is it about love or is it love? I'm totally gonna graduate now. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And my other that's my man and his legs don't work. <laughs> it's so terrible, but it makes me laugh every time. Oh, I love it. But also, one last thing about this scene, for me anyway, is that, you know, um, Kurt obviously has been spending a lot of time with the Warblers because he says that he misses being around girls. And, you know, that's yeah, that's when they all pull in for the, the big group hug. Yeah. Aww. I love that the song, the song that's playing in the background, they do eventually. There's a post going around. I think I saw it on your blog, actually, um, Space Orphan, where um, it is, I guess, songs that were either recorded and never used, or supposedly there were like rumors going around about they were going to do the song and then they didn't. And yeah. That song, it, that song is on there for I guess season one, and then they end up actually using it. Sadie Hawkins. Yep. 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 Yeah, I have that post uh, bookmarked because um, I pull that out because um, when we do the song podcasts, I like to take a look at that. Oh, nice. When's that one? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about this one. In the future. future. (laughs) (laughs) November. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Anyway... (laughs) Um, so, I don't know, did we cover everything in this scene? I'm, I'm just, like, half here. Anyway, okay. Alright, when we, when I get you alone, which, oh man. Oh, that was, oh man. <laughs> I love this oh. scene so much. Let me count the ways. <laughs> I, I love, though, right off the bat, because we all love the line about Blaine saying he'd get half off if the gap, they get married. And I... But I love Kurt just like, oh, God, I can't believe I have a crush on you. Yeah. I can't believe you're the idiot who I've chosen to fall in love with. <laughs> no, we've all had that moment, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Why do I like you? Yeah. And but just I love that they just have him side eye him. Like, there's no comment. Yep. There's no, eye. you know, angry. There's no sad Kurt. He's just like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. And the weaving camera, like, slides over to Kurt. And it was very like, office-like, which oh, I enjoyed. Yes. I love I that. Mean, he, was, he was the Jim Halpert of that scene. 
<laughs> like, this is this is what I have signed on to. All right, let's do this. Blaine has been obsessed with marriage since fifteen. <laughs> like he's all he's gone to coffee with this guy twice, and he's already talking about getting married. Are we really oh, surprised sure. that he proposed to Kurt the no. day after they got back together? <laughs> I'm not, but that's just me. Okay. We well, surprised that he was engaged before he graduated. I'm not. Well, I mean, like, look at this. Look at this huge, like, um, this huge demonstration just for this guy that he went to, you know, on coffee twice. He wants to be explosive, major romantic type thing. So, and yeah, Connie, you were going to say something before. Did you still have something you wanted to say? I think I forgot what I wanted okay. to say. <laughs> so, I feel bad that I like I know I keep talking over people, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> if it comes to me, if it comes to me, I may input later. But yeah, continue. <laughs> so um, and I love that it's not really a love song either. That no. He's performing to like share his feelings with the yeah. gap guy. What? He's what? like, you know, what would be great when I get you alone. I have so many feelings about this song. This is what truthfully tells about my feelings. I just have so many feelings about this song. First of all, I love it. Yes. Um, Before, Robin Thicke was disgusting. Yes. By just his last name, and he was a long-haired hippie. And I saw the video for this at 3 o'clock in the morning on MTV when they showed videos, so like a thousand years ago. Back in the day, man. Wow, I forgot they did videos. So I have loved this song ever since, so when I found out Glee was doing it, I was like, oh my god. Literally, like, me and three other people even knew the song. And so, and then it just became like the song about sex toys. It kind of was like, the way it kind of remember it. Just like, it has one line about sex toys, that's what it's about. And I was like, no, it's... Do you know how I think of this song, though? I I will freely admit, I don't mind the song at all, but it is the song that completely, like... Do you know the opening motif is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, what are they doing? (laughs) And that's one of the things that I love about it. (laughs) Now, it's funny because so there was a disco version of Beethoven, and that's what Robin Thicke samples. Mm-hmm. And then in Showman's, I want to say, when Finn and Rachel use the Cheerios copier and Sue gets really pissed, the disco version of Beethoven is what plays in the background of that scene. Oh, right. Oh, my God. I love this. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, and Robin Thicke is on the, the flyer because they're making flyers to try to get people to join Glee Club. And it's like, these people were in their Glee Club, and it's got like Justin Timberlake. And then, like, in the corner of it has Robin Thicke. Isn't this song also playing the first time we see Unique? So random. But I feel like there's lyrics, like, some of the lyrics in the song kind of interesting that Blaine chose it. Because he's saying, like, are you judging me? Like, one of the things is, like, by my things, by my car, by my father's last name. And, like, it's kind of interesting because at the time, I think there was this overwhelming headcanon that Blaine was, like, the super rich kid. Just, like, old, like, Sebastian, like, the mm-hmm. kind, I think that what people thought Blaine was going to turn out to be is actually what ended up being Sebastian. the character of Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I always, and I was like, and then looking back and knowing that there's so much we did know about Blaine, so much that Kurt didn't even know about Blaine, I do wonder kind of like what made him choose the song that talks about like she doesn't necessarily like me for me, she doesn't even know me, but these are the things that she does know about me, and I don't care if that's what's interesting you let's just get together anyway 
Hmm. And kind of yeah, how that plays into like inappropriate songs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like I'm overthinking it because I already like the song anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. Because I'm gonna. Guys, I pick apart, but I'm gonna talk know, a little I just bit. Found it really interesting. Um, talk a little bit about how it relates to Kurt too. Actually, not very much, but there is. Well, I, Kurt's whole progression during the song it just cracks me up. Um, yeah. Like, cause he goes and he's all he's singing at first, you know, and then. He gets really jealous, and then there's the line, I want you so bad, and that's when his face is smushed against the mannequin, and he's just like, I hate you, but I love you, but I hate you. This song is stupid, and why are you not singing this to me? And then, yeah. about halfway through, he stops singing, and he just stands there with a glare on his face. And it's so funny, because all of the rest of the warblers, and the, the customers, and everybody but Jeremiah are really getting into it, and he's just so pissed, just standing there like, I'm not even done. It looks like he wants to cut a bit. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and I do wonder so if much. I remember, um, I don't know who it was, because I know there's someone in the family that does a lot of soft meta, and I don't know what they said about this song, but I do wonder if, like I said, the lyrics are, you don't, this person doesn't know anything, doesn't really know me, they just know little things about me, and I don't care, and I wonder if in a way that does kind of speak about Kurt liking Blaine because Blaine doesn't really share a lot. He doesn't tell Kurt about Sadie Hawkins until Kurt asks him to the prom. Oh, that's right. They've been together for a couple of months at that point. So I do wonder if, in a way, it's kind of like how they don't really know each other just yet. This is kind of Kurt learning more about Blaine. Like, Kurt probably learns more about Blaine in this particular incident than he had the whole time he'd been hanging out and they've been inseparable. Well, and I got to, you know, something interesting about Kurt and Blaine's season two relationship that I'm kind of projecting um, on the later season issue stuff over this. Um, not that it, I don't think it's originally written intended like this, but it's all about Kurt. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, Kurt's really open about talking about the bully stuff and all this stuff. And Blaine is kind of just holding back and he's going to be who he thinks Kurt needs. And that's why I think we only get like little bits of him at a time because he wants to be a certain person for Kurt, if that makes sense. You're killing me. I'm like, literally, I was kind of writing like the bare bones of a fan fiction that I kind of had in my head. And I literally just wrote exactly that. Oh, wow. <laughs> It kind of takes place like after season two, a bit of it, and I literally wrote exactly that. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Welcome to Psychic Times at Today Dream Believers Podcast. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to be picking winning Powerball numbers for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> 14, 24. I probably shouldn't have said that in case the fic never gets posted. Right. That's what it's like. So you were saying, what's yeah. that thing you were working on? But, no, um, you know, and another thing on a kind of another tangent, we have the pink sunglasses. And um, I'm going to yes. go on a side tangent here. This is totally unrelated, but I want to share this story with people, so I'm going to say it. Um, you know, it's been a few years, and, and Darren really hasn't been doing the whole pink sunglasses thing as much as he used to. And um, these two girls walk into my, my uh, store like a week ago and they're both wearing pink sunglasses and I'm like, Oh, Hey, it's like Darren. I'm like, Oh, what, you know, I've got to stop doing that. You know, not everything yeah. can be like just something about glee and they come up and they are wearing star kid t-shirts. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. I'm like, you weren't wrong. well, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I went to see Rocky Horror, um, like the stage, the participation a couple weekends ago. And the guy was like, 
this isn't blah, blah, blah. He goes, it's not Rocky Horror Glee Show. And then he goes, but that wasn't so bad. And I was like, <laughs> no, but the whole fandom thinks it was terrible. <laughs> so it was so strange because I literally was not expecting that Glee reference. <laughs> so, but anyway... Yeah, was, what, was the pink sunglasses a star kid thing? I don't know my Darren past very well, so. Or was that just. I have, I have no, no idea. Yeah, I am a Darren fan, but I didn't even realize that that was the same guy from the Harry Potter musical, so <laughs> definitely asking the wrong person. I just know that, like, I remember, like, everybody was always like, hey, look, the pink sunglasses in this scene, and that's a big deal because it's Darren's signature and blah, 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 so. Sure, let's go with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Meanwhile, um, Blaine buys a pair of socks that he never uses. <laughs> he does. And then, you know, the poor guy gets fired, which I just... I, I don't understand so that. I really and don't. I don't understand why not, because, I mean, that's some quality flash mob type yeah, stuff. Yeah, that will bring stuff into and your store. It's quality. I mean, if that doesn't draw people into the store, they're making, they're making gold that day. Right. Second of all, it's so hard to, to suspend disbelief. I've been working in retail management since I was 21 years old. There's no way in hell he got fired on the spot for that. No. You know HR? Well, I don't know what the laws in our, are in Ohio, but in <laughs> California, you cannot. You cannot fire someone on the spot for that. Absolutely not. No. I mean, I've been here in Michigan, which is close to Ohio. We have similar laws. And, I mean, like... It's not, I know, you wouldn't get fired for that. You would get, like, your friend is banned from there ever again. <laughs> Maybe, um, unless they make a crap ton of sales, and then it's going to be like, can you do that next weekend? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they brought a whole bunch of people in. It was post-Christmas, so they were probably looking for something <laughs> to boost up sales. Exactly, anyway. because there's <laughs> nothing better than post-Christmas. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you get a couple of people, well, I mean, what year would this have been? Would this have been, like, pre-Instagram? Oh, yeah. this was what, 2010. I so yeah, no Snapchat, no, Insta- no Snapchat, no Instagram. This would have been so harder for them to share this flash mob and be like, Yo, yeah, but here really quick. YouTube was a thing, mean, so and we had camera phones back then. I say back yeah, then as the if it was twenty years ago. Sorry. And this is what, like, two thousand ten? Two thousand ten, yeah. yeah. Not even ten years ago, but it feels there's been just been so much. It's and true. It feels like it's been so long ago. It's like we were we were back in the internet dark ages. <laughs> yeah. Tumblr was new. We had no Instagram. We were back in iPhone one. <laughs> if there was an iPhone anything. No, there was an iPhone. There's there. iPhones were back there then. There was an iPhone there. Yeah. Remember because okay. in the pilot Sue says um, says something about having an iPhone or something. That's yeah. right. Kurt has an iPhone and never been kissed. Oh, that's right. Yes. It's it's iPhone one like back at that point, but yeah. Still, anyway. Wow. <laughs> so it'd be a lot harder for people to be like hashtag gap attack. <laughs> no, because back then it was a pound sign. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day, we had to 
Walk up the internet. <laughs> Two miles. One up went no just to get to YouTube. <laughs> we had to listen up to that dial ways. tone for two minutes before it decided to, if it wanted to connect or not. Do you know how hard it was to find memes? <laughs> if you tried to upload a video to YouTube, your phone battery would just die. <laughs> you think you can find Wi-Fi just sitting at the mall? Children, <laughs> you have Wi-Fi back then. Anyway. I don't know. I don't even think we had Wi-Fi back then. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Really. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> Buenas. Now, now that we've taken our old lady time to go back to the past. <laughs> I feel like that's every week. Man, every time we do this. <laughs> Which is great. I love it. Um, well, well, the aftermath of that song, I love when they're sitting outside and they're waiting for Jeremiah. I, I love how Kurt is just like, yep. <laughs> just sitting there, he's like, yep. I. That <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> So you really you did the thing. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing that happened. <laughs> I mean, he just so funny. I mean, Chris Colbert really did a great job there. The comedy and stuff, because his whole body language, Bert's body language, was just priceless. In that the thing. whole scene was brilliant. Yeah. See, and yeah. Darren just looked like a baby in this scene. He pulls off that immaturity. Oh, well. Yeah. I can't believe that that thing that we just did didn't work. And you're sitting there going, bitch, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's kind of like, you know, you could have sang this to me and it would have been fine. <laughs> but no, but favorite, we had to go to the gap. My favorite Kurt part of that whole scene is after Jeremiah comes out and he's saying, he's like, you know, nobody knows that I'm gay. And Kurt's like, um, they've seen your hair and they know you are. <laughs> Sam was gay was because Sam dyed his hair. This is true. <laughs> and, you know, like Kurt, Kurt would checklist. have an entire uh, an entire tumbler of just crop cuts of celebrity haircuts going gay, gay, gay. <laughs> yeah, you're straight. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. And let's talk about Blaine and how sad he is. <laughs> like. Crestfallen. I'm like he's that that his whole deuce is on death. And he just feels crestfallen. Like, did I really do that? Like, yeah, he, he did. But I love that his, his emotions are extreme. Whoa, whoa, guys. Yeah. One at a time. <laughs> I love you. Oh, so, <laughs> one at a time. Somewhere Blaine's got a journal that says Blaine and Jeremiah. Oh, the probably. No, in a, in and a he throws it away. Yeah, throws away. <laughs> but I love how Blaine's ex- his expressions and his emotions are just so extreme. In this episode, he's either super happy, everything is the best thing ever, he's going to fall in love with me, I'm going to get 50% off, or everything is terrible, my yeah. life is over, this is the worst holiday of the year, and I can't believe that I'm being forced to look at these stupid kissing dogs again. You know, and that's, that's the thing that cracks me up, because Blaine is so devastated when he's like, we got coffee twice, it wasn't dating, and he's like, but we got coffee twice, and then it's like, but Kurt was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that's my favorite part, because all it took for Blaine to be convinced that he was in love with Jeremiah was two coffee dates. Meanwhile, he and Kurt have gone to see Rent. 
They've, <laughs> they've had more than two oh, no. cups of coffee. Yeah, they've just, like, done this whole plethora of things. And he's like, damn, yeah, it's just my bro. Like, we're totally buzzed. But, and I'm like, um, do you not someone want to tell it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He'll, tell it. He'll, he'll catch on soon enough. Soon Not soon enough, if, as far as Kurt. Well, when I was watching it, I, w- I would be like, is this going to be the episode? But it's taken so long. Now it feels like it's, like, you know, just a couple episodes later. But you know, and that's the thing. Like, um, when is it going to happen? It, when you watch these all together, it's really not that long of a time. I mean, it's like no. Blaine shows up and then six episodes and not really a whole lot of plot later. They're together. <laughs> Even though, yeah, but I remember. This is how different it is than watching it in real time, though. Because I remember when we were watching it, it just got so long in between. Yes. yes. Did. Connie, you remember? And then yep. the, the, oh my god, me and Connie were fandom buddies back then. Oh yeah. And just, oh my goodness. And it was uh-huh. just drama, drama, drama. Very uh, Oh my goodness. I do. And, I mean, it had hiatuses and mm-hmm. stuff in between, so it, it just felt like an eternity. I and do. You could fast forward through the and get to it in about an hour and a half. It's <laughs> that. Like, yeah. <laughs> So I think it's a I think it's a different viewing experience if you've been watching whether whereas you like like Kay and I um have uh, um have um have been through it you know at the real time have experienced all the drama that goes with it it's a different experience I think it's like, yeah oh yeah yep. yep well that's yep. what I you know even when we get into the further seasons that they're all gonna feel so much together too like. Blaine, Blaine graduating is still going to take a long time, but it really, it is an interesting, different experience when you're like, okay, this isn't going to feel so long of a wait as it does in real time. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say, we're, we're getting into the next scene now. Um, I wasn't in fandom during this point, but I remember the only thing I remember watching about this episode live is the Harry Met Sally stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to get them together. Uh, I'm like, that's oh, a perfect yeah. setup for. <laughs> I have to throw out a quick wreck because you guys, because I don't know. I don't know. Me and Connie, I know we're in fandom. Were you guys not in fandom at this time? Not at this point. Yeah. Okay. So Space Orphan. Yeah. I don't know if you've read it, if you ever, like, kind of went back and caught up. Because the Harry, when Harry and Sally line kind of, that was a thing. Like, in the yeah. So there was, uh, yeah. there's this person, uh, she's not in fandom anymore. Mary Flanner, who just wrote the best fanfic of that time. Oh, yeah. And one of yeah. the stories she wrote was When Sally Met Harry, which hmm. was the claim storyline oh, where yeah. Blaine was the where it was kind of like a flip POV. Oh. And yeah. it is one of my all time favorites. If I can find a link, I, I will send it to you. Okay. Because it was just one of the best written fanfictions in fandom, period. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's such that. a flip on on the POV of the storyline, starting from Never Been Kissed onwards, and how like Kurt and Blaine get together. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I just get bored and I just reread it. Like it still holds up, even though everything we thought we knew about Blaine has since been joss. It's mm-hmm. just it's that good, you know. And that's again, you not that I really want to go way off on a tangent, but since we have not much of the episode left, I might as well. Um, it's interesting. One thing that I did do is. Um, you know, you read these early fics and how different, um, because we just didn't know a lot about Blaine at this point. 
and all of the stuff, like even pre before them getting together and all of the ways fanfic writers tried to get them together and stuff like that through this, through blame it on the alcohol, um, you know, I, it's interesting. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to go back and look and, and see like how different, uh, fandom perceived both Kurt and Blaine at that, at yeah. this point in time. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is just reading stuff that was written back then, and, it, and it, they were right about certain aspects yeah. of yeah. the character. I'm like, that's an insight. Because a lot of the things we learn about Blaine, a lot of people kind of felt like they came out of nowhere. But I, I just, I don't. Mm. <laughs> it all makes sense to me. Well, I mean, look at this. Yeah. Like, here, this kid is already, you know, shown to be a romantic, already shown to be... I'm going to give you big gestures. I mean, a lot of people are like, wow, this proposal feels out of nowhere. And I'm like, I don't think it does. I mean, not at all. No. And, you know, I don't know. I could talk all day about, yeah, I could talk all day about Blaine and just his literal everything. (laughs) 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 Like literally like everything I have. I have so many Blaine headcanons that can't even... My sister, Ian, has Blaine headcanons. And she's not a fandom person at all. Like, as far as... She's concerned, Blaine... Uh, we has three characters. Who's the third? Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes. And sometimes... Sometimes, when he's in a scene with Mercedes, Sam. Oh. Right. Like, and even she has... She, this has ideas about Blaine and something about him. I don't know. Well, you know, and it's good because he's a darling little muffin. Right? He's a seminal. It's it's nice, though, because I, like, I get Kurt. I I just, I get him, like, there's a little bit of a kindred spirit thing there. I, I, you know, and I don't always understand Blaine, so it's nice to have, like, people who really understand him or really want to, like, delve into it, and they can, like, you know, fill in those missing blanks for me and in my head, or at least have discussions and I can, you know, understand a little bit better um, about certain things. And it's, that's kind of why I like doing this stuff with, you know, people that don't, you know, a hundred percent, you know, are right with me in my viewpoint and stuff like that. So. Well, you did the same for me with Kurt. That's why I'm like, is she, is she updated that meta yet? Because I don't understand Kurt's <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> I was like, what's the next episode she's doing? Because I want to know what she thinks Kurt was thinking. Because otherwise, I just don't get him. Yeah. All the time. And I mean, it'll be, you know, one of the reasons um, I'm going to make a plug for myself, I'm writing um, for the Kurt Hummel Big Bang, and I'm doing um, a fanfic between season five and season six, because I'm a little I like... I cannot wait, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Right now, I cannot wait. I'm like, sweetie, what is going on in your head? And it's it's been really eye-opening, and um, it's really kind of cool to explore the character like when you don't fully understand, but trying to understand and like, how would this work? And why does this, you know, it's really interesting to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, back to nicer things. Um, we've got this, <laughs> uh, lima bean scene again, where they both look very pretty. And I don't know. I, I mean, I mean that aesthetically, not like a sexy hot thing, but like, it's like a really pretty aesthetically pleasing, like scene. It's all bright and yeah. nicely lit, and their colors complement each other very well, and that kind of thing. The lighting and the colors make both of their eyes really kind of pop out for me, and they both do so much with their eyes mm. when they act, and I think that's what makes it so aesthetically pleasing, because they, first of all, they 
just to be really corny and cheesy, but they both have really, like, just beautiful, mm-hmm. like, their eye colors are so... Oh, no, they like, are. ...unique, you know? But they both say so much with their eyes when they're not even speaking. And so to have a scene that's lit to where you can really see that and how they look at each other and, you know, how their eyes react to, you know, what each other is saying, it really does add to the scene. You know, and I have to... I'm going to, like, break the um how do i put this not talking about kurt and blaine but talking about chris and darren the way they play off each other and and the way chris colfer can do facial expressions and the way darren chris can speak with his eyes it's just so fascinating to me to watch and they play off each other so well and the scene is just wonderful because of that so as actors they have their individual strengths and luckily they're put together because their strengths complement each other. Mm. Does that make sense? I, that's what I was about to say. Exactly. I said they were about to complement each other, you know, their skills. And that's what made them really great to play off each other. When, when And yeah, they almost played off each other too well, because we all know some people... Don't quite realize it's fiction. All right, I'm going to say right here, guys, if you, if you people are listening, they, <laughs> <laughs> they, Chris Colfer no. is not real. Send it to me. Send it to me. Black <laughs> hyphen John hyphen Lennon. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm used to it anyway. Anonymous messaging is turned on. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to it. My gosh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit sticky territory, so. so uh, well, and then. Like, you, know me, you know me, Connie. I play with fire when it comes to this fandom. I never lie. <laughs> That's true. We're going to burn this shit down. <laughs> 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 well, you know respond to those people, though. Um, you can take it. Yeah, um, I just respond to them with a gift and. <laughs> you kind of have to like after yeah. I'm like you're not even being serious anymore I can't even deal with you people anymore yeah. so oh um the, the nice thing about this scene though is that you know Kurt lays it all out on the line and and he does he's really I'm so proud of him for doing that That's I mean it does and, and I think that in a previous you know season he would have shoved the feelings down shoved the feelings down we don't need to I don't need to confront you ever. Well, I thought you were going to ask me. Yeah. Not only when he comes out and says it, he's very comfortable with it. He's very matter of fact about it. And I, I think that really speaks to their, uh, quote unquote, platonic relationship. (laughs) Uh, Not only would he have shoved the feelings down, but I feel like he would have shoved them down and then became angry at Blaine for it. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is definitely like, he's grown up. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's because of so many horrible, you know, what happened with Finn and then again with Sam. And, sure. you know, it's been mm-hmm. kind of trial by fire, but he's learned from it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and, kind of I like mean, what he had said uh, during the Christmas episode. I'm in love with a guy and he's actually gay this time. So it's progress. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's, I mean, he's made a, he's made a lot of progress. and I'm so very proud of my little Kurt Muffin. Well, and, you know, it's the last time they... It's the last time their honesty policy seems to be in effect because they do <laughs> continue to not really communicate, which I think is kind of just their story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had to that's what I was learning gonna s- together and from yeah. each other. But I, yeah, I'm I, glad he communicated and he was he didn't hold Blaine 
to any promises or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't expect anything. It was just, this is what I thought was going to happen. You know, and I'm going to, you know, how dare you leave me on? It was like, oh, yeah, I I totally missed on this one. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. Kind of tie this in with the rest of the series, though. I mean, because after this, like, they, they seem to be good. And then after the, the breakup stuff, Kurt kind of shuts down. Like, and he doesn't, he, you don't see him being open like this. And that's a result of a lot of their problems between four, seasons four and six. Um, that, you know, Kurt, when he gets burned, doesn't usually open up to people. And the fact that he's able to hear shows that he has a lot of trust and blame. And... It just, it is, it's kind of a remarkable and amazing thing to see. And it's sad that we don't really get to see it very often. But I think the fact that he has that much trust in Blaine is why the breakup was so devastating. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you can count the number of people he's had that kind of trust with on literally one hand. Yep. You know, it was, it's Bert, it's Rachel, it's Blaine, it's Mercedes, and eventually Finn. Yep. And you know, it's literally, that's it. And so by the, we get to the breakup and, you know, he loses Blaine. He almost loses Bert. He loses Finn, you know, and it's like, yep. Bert gets better. See, and that's, and, but Finn, Finn just dies, you know? And so it's like, yeah, he's kind of, he's you battle damage, battle damage, Kurt. Like it's just yeah. a lot in a very yeah. short period of time. And that's why it's even, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I was going to say, even though it seems like that whole ordeal is two years, because technically in real time, it does, it is two years. Yeah. But between the breakup and the quarterback, I think it's supposed to be, what, six months? Yeah. No, it's like two. It's actually like two. Oh, no, from the breakup? Yeah, it's from October to um, uh, April. Yeah, so six months. Yeah. So in six months... His fiance cheats on him. Or his boyfriend cheats on him. He, I mean, he well, he doesn't get into school. He wants to go to his boyfriend cheats on him. His dad gets cancer, and then his brother his dies. Brother dies. Oh, what a bad year for Kurt. Um, but I mean, and that really kind of goes into all the stuff in season five and all the season stuff in season six. And that's why not until season six are they really kind of back on the same page. And it's kind of interesting to look at the whole big picture you know, from the show being ended. And, and I know a lot of people like criticize Glee for its writing and, and there are some, you know, uh, legitimate criticisms there, but I do think some of the bigger arts actually work and this kind of fits oh, yeah. nicely into it. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. They work. And particularly with this episode, I thought it was interesting how, you know, how it was referenced in, uh, in season six in, um, Oh, I forgot the episode's name, but when they were they were just on the verge of getting back together, I mean, and they were outside the party that they were throwing for, uh, I think for Rachel, and mm-hmm. then they talk about oh, transitioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, transitioning. Yeah, thank you. And they were talking about this. They were talking about these moments, and a lot of these moments from Cindy see uh, love songs was referenced in that conversation. So I loved how kind of the kind of it. There was an overarching arc, kind of. They kind of was able to look back. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like that they referenced it as, you know, at the time, it seemed so important. Uh-huh. Blaine yeah. was in love with Jeremiah, and then we get a few years later, he doesn't even remember his name. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And let's talk about Blaine here for a second. And, like, first of all, him saying, I'm not very good at romance. Um, Liar. Lies. Lies. But he's so hard on himself. I think that he really believes that. He thinks that, you know, like, he takes failure hard. (laughs) Yep, he does. So, It, it is the emotional roller coaster of Blaine with his super high ups. And his very down downs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of looking at um, the fact that he's like he doesn't. One of the reasons I think, and you guys can correct me from you know if I'm wrong because I, I I don't claim to know Blaine uh, really that well, but like um, just that he says um, I don't want to screw this up, and that his friendship with Kurt does mean quite a lot, even if it mm. is not there romantically. At this moment. I have a lot of feelings about Blaine and friendships. Mm. Yeah. I made people cry once. <laughs> when we got the, um, you know, they would release the music first listed Friday, whatever. And yeah. you, Blaine, was going to sing You're My Best Friend to the puppets. Uh-huh. And for me, it was just so huge to say, I've always felt like before Kurt, Blaine didn't have a lot of real friends. Mm. Yeah, probably Like, yeah. he had people I he hung out with at school. And maybe he had, like, you know, he had his table where he sat with, like, a couple of people. But he never really had anyone who was really, really a friend to him. Not until anyone Kurt. he could be emotionally bare with. Exactly. Yeah, until yeah. Exactly. Which is why I'm so protective of that, like, little bubble for him in season four with, with that particular version of the Glee Club. So I remember just being like, oh, my God, please see this. Because all he wants, it, it, they're mad at him and... He just was, he's so happy to have friends. And yeah. I literally was just, like, crying. And then, like, half my dad was like, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, because I just have so many feelings about, yeah. you know, that maybe he doesn't really have a lot of people that he feels were really there for him as him. Like, him as a performer, you know, him as, like, a good son. You know, him as, like, these things, but not really who he is as a person. I always want to give him a hug. Do you understand how hard it is? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm going to give him a hug now. Do uh, I now you understand him. what it's like to be me. <laughs> That's how I feel every time I see him. Oh. Like, I'm just like, want to put him wrapped in a blanket and just like give him snacks. Have a little blame. Like, like, your love. Pet his hair and promise nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Exactly. Exactly. You are loved. <laughs> but yeah, that's just, you know, so of course, that's why I feel like that is his number one focus. Hmm. And when he loses that, it completely shatters him until he builds it back up with that group of outcast. God, I love the season four. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> well, let's well, talk about um, a wave of feels that I was not expecting for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we can uh, talk about When Harry Met Sally. I, I, do you, there, for the people that have never seen the movie, um, it is about these two friends who are friends for a long time, and they kind of witness each other going through these bad relationships um, and get closer and don't really realize they're falling in love with each other, but they are. And then they get they fall in love with each other and live happily ever after. And Billy Crystal gives a very war, heartwarming speech to Meg Ryan at the end of that. It's good. If, you, if anybody listening has not seen the movie, yeah, y'all should do that. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's yep. it's a classic. It it's is one classic. of my favorites. Mm-hmm. 
So one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm literally staying at my DVD right now. Mm. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I almost wish, and that's kind of like what makes fandom so hard is because everyone is like so spread out. A way to do like a movie night or something where everyone just kind of watches these movies and that Glee references. Mm. Yeah, you know, especially you know, and it's so weird because there's such an age gap in family. Right. There's like the yeah. geriatric board. You know what? I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put my foot down on that. Exactly. I hate that term. Where like, why did they do that weird double thing with Sam and Mercedes in Summer Nights? Oh God! <laughs> You're just yeah. like because that's shot for shot from the movie. You know, yeah. so but if there was some way to just kind of I don't know schedule it the same night or something, I would have loved to kind of have everyone kind of like have a Glee in, movie club. Mm. Exactly. Can I? Exactly. Can I go on my mini rant about the geriatric ward, which I know yes. everybody says fondly, but whatever, I'm 33, I'm not old. <laughs> I'm 36, I feel older every day. <laughs> I, have the, I think I'm the oldest one here, so... Connie's not old either, though. Don't even let her fool yep. you. <laughs> yes, I, I, mid-30s. Mid-30s. <laughs> you know, when we're all 90 and still having this conversation, sure... But no, I get it. I mean, I get the joke because like when there's yeah. a, there is a certain like anybody under what 25 maybe 22 where it just feels different. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I kind of I kind of feel like we all those of us in the quote unquote Tumblr geriatric ward. It's because those of us of a of a similar age, we ex- I think that we experienced the internet differently because we didn't have it when we were. Oh yeah, 10, yeah. 11, 12. Like yeah. I, I didn't get the internet until I was fifteen. Right. And I didn't get until I was eighteen. Because me and my family were like early adopters. Like, yeah, this is cool. We're gonna get Juno. You have AOL. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you I didn't get it at home until I was twenty-one. See, and I was a little younger, but I was like twelve, and it was the ridiculous dial-up, and you had to wait. And my yeah, parents were like, oh, yeah. yeah, we're very, you know, you can only be on and like for an hour because it costs you like eight hundred dollars just to be on for ten minutes. Uh, well, and I was thinking about it because of the uh, the post that was going around talking about you know Yahoo being an absolute terrible steward of fandom mm. and the the Yahoo Tumblr kerfluffle and previously with. Delicious, and previously with GeoCities, so I'm sitting here going, "My God, I remember my first GeoCities." I remember GeoCities too. Yeah, Oh yeah. I used to read these stories that this girl was writing about in Sync, and they were hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know that was fan fiction. Oh yeah. I was just like, she was like, "Oh, you know, this girl wrote something. Like, what if in Sync were on the bus and Justin did something crazy?" And I would sit there and I would just be like crying laughing and then I was like oh wait that was fan oh you know what makes me laugh though fanfic.net hasn't changed though no No, it hasn't no that's the first it is a stalwart from back in the day I have some fanfic.net related trauma but I mean fanfic.net was revolutionary when it came out because previously you had to go to people's individual sites right to find, you know, the individual uh, pairing sites, the individual show sites, and Canva.net, I mean, it brought everything all together, so you're like, man, I'm going to look for some NSYNC, I'm going to look for some Sailor Moon, I'm going (laughs) to look for some, it's going to be awesome. Not that I'm giving Sailor Moon a shout-out, because that was my first foray into fandom or anything, but... Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Mine was the Mighty Ducks, so whatever. (laughs) After the NSYNC thing, I didn't really do anything, like, fandom-related until Harry Potter. And then I was like, 
you kind of want some fan fiction. And so I'm like clicking around and I'm on fanfiction.net and I clicked this one and I just saw the character names. And so it said, George, Fred, Ginny. And I was like, sweet. I love the oh, Weasley Oh, no. And oh, on it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I, like, I remember pushing my chair from the desk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. And then you have the, the stick character, like, Throwing his la- throwing his computer out the window and it exploding. Like oh, that yeah, that's what I did when I found the Kurt Burt on the King Me. You know what? That reminds me. Uh, what is that? That really? F- I only heard about this because it was old when I got into fandom. But that really horrifying story about a canary. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh god! Oh, god. oh no! Yeah. no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. We, we as a fandom have agreed to never mention that again. I had to do it at some point. <laughs> how do you know about that? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I don't even know how I know about that, but I do know about it. I don't know if I, I, I think I like skimmed it and I was just like, this keeps getting worse. But oh no, don't do that to the bird. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, one of these days I've got to, when we're not on a podcast, I've got to catch you up on just some of the the more horrific things that this fandom has been through. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I could get in on that conversation, too. We got to think between the two of us. We could probably catch you up on everyone. Yeah, we should oh, do that. God, we yeah. should do... We've um, been through a, a large number of dark nights of the soul. We, oh, we, yes, we, have. we should yeah. do a fandom retrospective podcast. I would love that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I would love it. That would be That would be hilarious. Let's put that on the list. <laughs> Sign me up. I know, because I, I have been in fandom since the first episode. I mean, so I kind of feel super old with it and wear that badge of pride. Yeah, um, I came around uh, Bash 9 of season 1. Yeah. See, that's when I started so, watching, but I wasn't in fandom until season 3. And I did go back and read a lot of the forum stuff, but... Um, oh, one thing I wanted to say kind of more relating to the show um, was that I think those of us that are on the older side um, also relate to the show differently because there are so many... There's a lot of Gen X stuff, even though I still consider oh, yeah, myself yes. a millennial. Yeah. But there's still a lot of Gen X references, a lot of 80s kind of-ish stuff. I mean, and I've always said the school reminds me a lot of when I was in high school, which is not yeah, exactly... Yeah. What it what it's yeah. like to go to school now. I so. mean, I, I feel like a lot of the references are things that I would have made when I was 15 or 16 and 17. Exactly. Like, of course, Whitney Houston yeah. is amazing because she was current when I was in high school. Vicky the robot? Plus, you, yeah. gotta, you gotta remember that Ryan Murphy was, is a big proponent of the 80s. I think he was... I think he was... He, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how old he is, but I think he's in his what, like mid forties? Like yeah, late forties, yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think so. But he came. Uh, I think he, the eighties were a big influence on him. On you know, it shows the, it shows through the, the, context of the show. It shows yeah. the references mm-hmm. in the songs. Eighties I mean, so. and early nineties. I mean, because yeah. there's some all, like the entire can't touch this in the library. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of yeah, season like, one is yeah. is really yeah, reminiscent of it. What's funny to me though is I kind of I some people like well, like when they did um, ride with you ride with me whatever that Nelly song in oh, season yeah. one and people yeah. are like they yeah. were probably toddlers when that came out why would they know this song and I'm like first of all, first, 
I was born in 1980. Uh, when I got to like middle school, high school, I was obsessed with like 80s new wave, all of that. Sure. Of course, I don't remember it. I was yeah. a little kid. And then when I got to high school, I would, me and my friends were like obsessed with like Woodstock in the 60s and like all that music and like the Beatles and, you know, and I didn't even have the internet, you know, but like if I caught like a 70s retrospective special on VH1, I was all yeah. over it, you know? It makes sense, you know, that's 20 years before, you know, before my time, you know, it's interesting, it's intriguing. So, A, I think it's natural for teenagers to kind of have, like, nostalgia for a time they weren't even really alive for, Mm -hmm. and second, these kids have the internet, so it's even easier to kind of find that stuff, like, oh, what my mom listened to when I was a kid, and then get really into it, and then 20 minutes into, like, an hour later, you're knee-deep in YouTube videos of all these artists, and you're just like, yeah. wow, if I could go back in time, I'd give, I'd give Brian Gary a high five, because you've been on YouTube for an hour. Yeah. And is <laughs> it, I mean, this is, these yeah. songs are what would have been coming on as their uh, parents are driving them to school on their yeah. parents' soft right. rock channel, which were the best of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. and dead. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, and, plus, I mean, yeah. Is it just me or do these characters feel a little old soulish too? Old soulish. Like they're they they don't necessarily always connect to the time period they're in, but just there's something old school about them. I don't I don't, I don't think that they were written specifically to be they were written to be teenagers, but not necessarily current teenagers. Right. And let's face it, with the exception of maybe Santana and Britney and Quinn, these kids aren't supposed to be cool. No. Yeah, that too. Yeah. These are not hip kids. Yeah. No. But we love them anyway. They're just not. So, of course, it makes sense that they're, yeah, they're not listening to what's new. They're weird kids. They're the weird ones. Teenagers weren't the the intended audience of the show when it first came. No. It came out at nine for a reason. Yeah. Um, So, kind of uh, wrapping up this um, lima bean scene, I just I wanted to throw out there. I really like like the Harry met Sally thing, but also just that they flip it a little and Kurt gets blame his order, his drink order. And I don't know. I mean, it's with the two of them, as much as they do have communication problems and as much as they're not on the same page for a lot of the show, they still get each other and they still understand each other. And, and they're still good friends at the heart of it. And that's always yeah. something that I've really enjoyed about the couple. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. And this, this scene yeah. does have one of my favorite lines of the show, which is, don't they get together in the end? Yeah. yeah. It's like, of course yeah. you do, you dumb shit. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, if you could have been hit in the head with a clue by four, this would have been it. <laughs> yep. That, yeah, I think that's when I was like, yep, they're getting together. <laughs> yeah. So. And sometimes I wonder if maybe Blaine just was kind of afraid to acknowledge. Yeah, I think maybe it goes back to his wanting to protect the special thing that he does have with Kurt, you know? Friendship, yeah. Going back to the, you know, not having a lot of close friends that he could open himself up to, there could yeah. be this fear that, you know, if I choose to turn this into something romantic, I'm going to lose that friendship, and then what am I left with? Right. Yeah, I'm going to screw yeah. it up, and then I won't have anything. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, and oh, I just want to hug them all. Kurt <laughs> has. Okay. I love that Kurt's like, well, I still have a, a, an idea for Valentine's Day, and which leads us ten minutes later to um, the end, and um, 
the silly love songs portion of it. And yeah, I love the song and I love this arrangement of the song. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I do the too. first and last Lonely Hearts Club dinner because next Valentine's Day they are all coupled. <laughs> yeah, they are. They yeah, are. are really coupled. In fact, Mercedes has herself a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> She went from no boys to too All many boys. boys. Yeah. It's because she deserves a harem. Yes, yeah, she does. There used to be this group on this this thing on uh, Tumblr back before all of the Mercedes fans like really stopped watching. They had it was actually Amber's harem, but it was hilarious. Oh yeah, just like, all of the guys in fandom, all of all of the guys on the show just seemed to like love Amber, so they just had this idea that Amber just had this harem, and even Chris was in it. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah. Oh, she should. She so should. Um, but yeah, I love this arrangement. I love how flirty Kurt and Blaine are a little bit in this. Um, I love Blaine singing to everybody else in the room, and that moment where he what, what is the line? Sometimes you don't find love at all, and he's sings Sometimes it at Santana. It at all. And he yeah. to Santana. She's like offended. I remember that. To this day, I remember that. That's one of the scenes that I, or one of the looks that I remember at that scene. You know that what I think when of? When the Blaine-Tana friendship became a fandom obsession. Do you know what that I think of? Right there, he just I has remember. that little shrug after it's like, don't it's, blame me. Yeah. She is so funny. Because she's kind of like, why? And all, you know what I think about when I see that now? It's just ridiculous. Her thinking, you know, you know, not thinking, but like later on, <laughs> Just the fact that she is going to let him crash her wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to walk you down the aisle, so quit making these snide comments at me. I don't know why I just connect that moment with the... (laughs) (laughs) You have perspective now that we have all the episodes. At the time, you didn't know, but but now it's... Yeah. It's neat to kind of connect the dots or make potential connections. It's that, and then the... The one in Acapellas that I always laugh at, which I'm sure everybody's sick of me talking about, but when Mercedes tells Kurt that they're going to have very loud babies together. Um, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. I put that in a fan fiction, but it was Santana. It was like, it's a Rachel, it's a Kurt and Rachel hybrid with really powerful lungs or something like that. <laughs> I, I love yeah. it. But yeah, and so yeah, this song's really sweet, and I love at the very end when Kurt, like, throws himself into the girls and yeah. says I love you and they're so adorable and I love them yeah I know that you know we didn't really get to talk about the rest of the episode sure but I, I did have a couple first of all the fight oh, yeah. between Santana and Lauren is one of brilliant. my all time favorite scenes brilliant that one of my all time favorites is this awesome because like I, I haven't watched the full thing through in a long time where she's always, where she starts crying, she just says she just wants people to like her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so honest, and people just don't appreciate when I'm just telling these honesty things. I was like, and oh my god, Rachel I Rachel tells her she's gonna be a stripper, <laughs> and she runs off crying. Yeah. And Brittany's comforting her, and Brittany goes, have you tried rock, rocking back and forth? That's what they do in movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have, um, I just have no... Oh, I sure, have a Kevin McHale objectification moment because I've seen him in person, and TV doesn't do him justice. That was my first no, one. No, I, I mean, even because I've seen it, like even yeah. when he's not dressed as Artie, he you can tell he's a very attractive man. I, it's it's yeah. a shame Artie is Artie. <laughs> Amber Riley did a did a show, a Christmas show, a couple of years back, 
and it was raining. So my sister and I, we were trying to wait out the rain. We didn't realize the entire cast was going to come out. So I met almost everyone oh, that night, except for Darren wow. and Mia, who literally ran like a bat out of hell to avoid the stampede that would have happened. Oh, yeah. But um, I got to meet almost everyone. Jenna was in the car. She's also beautiful in person. But I got a picture with Kevin McHale, and when I tell you that he is so gorgeous in person. And smaller than Darren. He's smaller than Darren. Oh, wow. How? He's so small. But, oh, my goodness. He is gorgeous. TV does not do him justice. Mm. Good for him. Yeah. And Harry Shum is beautiful, too. So I was watching PYT, and I'm like, those two are so gorgeous in person. (laughs) And that's one of my favorite numbers of the episode is PYT. Because they just seem to have... I just that whole number was well done, well done in mm-hmm. I think. Well, yeah, that Mike kind of adapted his choreography to kind of match Artie in, in his exactly. show. And how, and how um, the reactions of Brittany and Tina, too. I mean, they were just so taken with them both. Yeah, and <laughs> so, Tina's yeah. so in love she couldn't finish her song. Yeah. Oh. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> she did my funny Valentine's. It was so dramatic and sad. And yet, people no. think that Tina in season four is a little stretch. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Not, Not really. No. Mm-hmm. And then I know that Connie wanted to, Connie was having trouble with uh, Tuck and Lauren. Well, yeah, because I was, I was just thinking, uh, since I was rewatching the episode, I mean, since I've been trying to kind of isolate myself to kind of keep the same perspective. And separate reality from from what's um, characters from real life, but it, I just found myself watching when I was watching that those parts between Puck and Lauren and everything that Puck did. I couldn't help but um, feel very uncomfortable watching the things with Puck because everything that since has since unfortunately happened with Mark Sailing in his personal life. You know, I can't help but have that kind of impact my view of a puck. So just personally, those those things were those scenes were hard to watch for me. You know, I I, I had that problem doing my ranking when I rewatched um, some of the season three episodes with the Shelby storyline. Oh yeah, that and then oh, um, oh, yeah, there is a um, gosh, I think it's dance with somebody that puck has this line where he says something like. Are we talking about lady and lady or girl and girl? Because that's a big difference. And I was like, oh, oh God, no. Yeah. Yeah. oh no, yeah, oh, God. yeah, yeah. So it's, I, it's just hard to watch. I mean, I, I just have a different feeling about it now. I mean, it's just his character. I mean, and not, as I was saying, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> but not particularly with Lauren. You know, with uh, with Lauren, I love Lauren Dicey's, but it's just. The character of Paka, I just have feel, different feelings about now. That's okay. So, I mean, yeah, no, that's totally no. understandable. I, uh, as I was saying before, I have experience in this area just because I grew up listening to R. Kelly and he's really gross. I grew up yeah. watching the Cosby yeah. Show and Bill Cosby. Yeah. Really oh, gross. yeah. And it's been easier for me to separate those two, which is odd because their personas are so closely tied to who they are. But it's been easier for me to separate the two. But mm-hmm. I'm having a really, really hard time with, with this. And it's sad because Puff was always a character that I always stood up for. 
and always really liked. And so it's, it's hard. I can't, I'm having a hard time separating the two. And usually I don't have that problem. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. If mm-hmm. it, yeah. It's just, ugh. It's, it's such a shame too. Yeah. I didn't realize how difficult it would be until I sat down and rewatched the episode since everything happened. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. boy, it's, it's real tough. So, and, I hate yeah. to bring everything down again, but the other thing that kind of I have that issue with is the last episode, the um, Finn's last episode is, what's it, Sweet Dreams? Sweet Dreams, oh, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. last song he sing, sings is that, like, a freaking, like, frat party rager. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Like, fight uh, for your right by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. like, you know, they don't outright say it, but, like, the party is just, like, you know, everyone's, like, wasted. And so... For me, it was like that's his last song. Oh and yeah, the way that he died, it just it I, it yeah. was so accidental, but it just really really breaks my heart. Yeah, does mine too. He sings that after "Don't Stop Believing." I well, it's his last like kind of solo. Oh, I guess. solo. Oh, yeah, he sings in that too. No, Rachel sings that by herself. Rachel well, they're their backup. I mean, he's that's his last. I think that's his last last song, but. Yeah, but I think, yeah, it, just, yeah. It, it hurts. It hurts my heart. Right. It does, mine too. What, um, just to bring it back to the episode so we can kind of wrap it up, um, then there's the the Finn at the kissing booth thing because he wants to kiss Quinn to see if there are any fireworks in that plot line. Yeah. Poor yeah. Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Though Sam has a really bad track record. He makes it with every girl on the show, though, doesn't he? I mean, with every does movie. except for Sugar and Marley, and Kitty. So the new girl. Yeah, the new girl. But Mercedes is the only one that didn't. I'm trying to think. She's the only one that dumps him. Yeah. Oh no, they all dump him. Sorry. No, they all dump him. <laughs> but like, what am I thinking about? Sorry. <laughs> so Quinn cheats on him with Finn. Yeah. Santana never just is up using him. Fake dating. Karofsky, we don't ever see them break up. Brittany dumps him. He has to leave where he breaks up he and Mercedes break up because he leaves. Yeah. Um and then after and then him, Mercedes and him don't really get back together until you know, whatever season three, don't get me started. But um <laughs> Brittany, like really when she leaves, she breaks him up in such a humiliating way. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then Rachel and hammer together in season six, and they, the next thing you know, she's with Jesse. Yeah, they don't even get a yeah. breakup. Poor guy. Yeah, poor Sam. Sam. He's such a good guy. <laughs> and poor Sam. Mean, if, you, if you think about this, in his, you know, in his first four or five years, at the very end, you know, he's not really with everybody, anybody. He's still dating. I mean, they're still referencing that he's still dating... This, you know, this girl and that girl, and so he hasn't really settled... Do you know? Because they cut it out. I was going to say, they cut it out in the script. They, they, they were going to get Kurt Sadie oh, together. Really? What am I talking okay. about? <laughs> Do you hear he what I said? I meant Sam Sadie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry about that. I have that. it in writing. It's, good. it's as oh, good as canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's as good as canon as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, oh, you can take goodness. pretty much anything. Yeah, like, I, I claim yeah. has a uh, baby girl. That's in the script. I'm saying that's. Cannon. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So. And don't they choose the last thing, Andrew Hummel? We're, no, it's the stupid Henderson, stupid like hand yeah, job Anderson, joke. Yeah. So oh, that's worse. Yeah, what it's the awful. Hell? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So. Okay. Well. Anyway. Um. 
Anybody have any further notes on this particular episode, though? So it's delightful and ridiculous, and any anybody who does not see the glory that is the gap attack, I, I just don't understand. I just always <laughs> you mock us, sir. <laughs> you mock us, sir. I have to say that every time and and uh, when I when I go to the mall and I go but anytime I go by Gap, I tend to think of the Gap like. <laughs> Wait a minute, Tony. I know where that actual gap is in every time I see it. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. I go to that mall frequently, and it's, like, right there. Oh, boy. Yeah, so it's, like, every time I pass it, I'm like, man. Uh, I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, it makes me want to restage this in that gap. (laughs) Oh, boy. If only I could. If only. I would have gotten kicked out one note in. I do not sound like Wayne Marshall. like security. <laughs> Someone come get her. <laughs> well, on that note, um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. So much and for. And the book has come out. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. It's a wonderful episode and, and a great conversation. And, and I love this thank one. You. So. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> will be suspicious Gosh, lips look delicious. my brother will be there at the door. waves upon the tropical my name oh, 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 I want some more oh, oh, what are you waiting for take a bite of my heart Disabilities, bless you, our past will lead or tease. Rejoice and love yourself today, cause baby, you were born this no. way. So raise your glass if you are wrong in all the right ways. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to arrive. This could be the end of everything. Someone only go somewhere only.